Okay, so uh, Aloha. Aloha. It is not Friday. It's Monday. It's Monday. It's Aloha Monday. It's you just shook Monday. your head like I wish it was Friday. It was one of those. I think we all Actually, no. I just Friday. wish it was tomorrow because I'm going on vacation. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Rub that in. See, I'm not. I'm going back to vacation Bible school with. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm going back to vacation Bible school with uh, middle schoolers, which no. is loads of fun. It's uh yeah. I was just fun. about to ask, how's that going? It's going really good. It's tiring. I'm one day in and I'm ready to sleep. So yeah. what uh what's going on here, Alberta? Who, uh this is Burned and Broken. This is a shakedown. So so this is Burned and Broken. We're back. Um actually we never left. We've always been here. Um but after after much pleading and biting, you know, like just trying to get Begging. this guy. Finally, uh, he lost the bet. Let's be honest, just scraping the bottom of the barrel. That's what yeah. it is. We have to pay him to even come <laughs> yeah. on here. We're paying our. But we we always talk about the Caritas retreat. Um, both Caritas, Caritas, Caritas. Caritas. Uh, I've heard it said multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. I've heard it both ways. Um, but it, you know, we always talk about our Caritas retreat, and so this is one of our brothers that were on uh, that retreat. So this is Dylan. You were pretty much, well, the only guy that went with us that wasn't a youth minister. Jerry uh, was I, a youth minister. Well, yeah, but she, she wasn't a guy. I was the only person oh, yeah. who wasn't in youth ministry or hadn't worked in youth this ministry. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Yeah, yeah. This is very I mean, we're not singling them out. Even though I mean, we I felt pretty lonely at first, that's yeah. for sure. Didn't, yeah. I didn't really fit in. Because that was the first time us meeting you when we had that Yeah, we, walked, well, we all met meeting. each other like... At that dinner. Thing. At that dinner like three days before. And we all made our judgments. We yeah. were like... Which Father Radmar cooked for us and threw it down. Would yeah. we have pork tri-tip? I don't some, remember. I don't even know if pork tri-tip's even a thing. I think it's pork <laughs> chop, but... Sure. But some sort of soup. Oh, I helped make that. I should remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time. So, so for those of you guys who don't know, Caritas... Uh, was is a young adult retreat. It's happening in Boise. It's happening in retreat this October. What date? It's like the twenty something. It's like Halloween weekend. We'll po- we'll post the dates on uh, post the dates, guys. on the, the link to the registration. Link yes. to the registration. Yeah. It's open, um, but it's for young adults, and so um, Radmar kind of reached out to some of us um, to kind of be a part of it, and. Uh, so he invited us all to go to St. Paul's over at BSU campus to sit down, have a dinner that he prepared. Um, so then the group that was going for 45, which was our group, um, we could have dinner, get to know each other um, because we were about to partake in this retreat um, and we didn't even know everyone there. Yeah. Um, so that was the first time I met you. I feel like I maybe have seen you before. Maybe. Um, you have but very, you look like a lot of people here. You have a very average face. You have a very, very average face. Yeah. Thanks. It's a compliment. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was fun because yeah. So Dylan and his amazing job, he flies a lot. So like we just met this dude, and he's just like, yeah, I'm gonna get all you guys into uh, priority, priority, and like the Delta. Uh, what's it called? The like Delta Sky Priority. Priority. Oh, I was like Delta so Priority. So like, let yeah. me bust out my miles and hook you up. So it's like we met this dude. We're all kind of saying what we do, and he's talking about he travels a lot for work, and it was all it was a really cool thing. And then. Um, we head out to California and we all, honestly, we really had no idea what to expect in California. We yeah. had no clue like what the schedule was going to be. We just knew we had to show up and like fly out there, rent a car and, and drive, hopefully drive get there Diego, in time yeah. 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 Just to figure out like what the hell was going to happen. But we had to stop by in and out yeah. That, that yeah. is, uh, which is apparently tradition. Like sort of like, and that was, well, that was super funny because like some of us knew the secret menu and some of us didn't. Heck yeah. I went so there. Like, there was like half everything. of the group who was like, I don't get it. And the other half was like getting this like chili really cheese good, fries yeah, and, and all that. And you're just like, that's not on the menu. And you're like, mm, it kind of is. Double, double animal style, animal style fries. Son. <laughs> I just had regular enough. French fries. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, my hand just accidentally touched Dylan's leg. Sorry about that. That was weird. It's not the first time. Uh, uh, but yeah, what so happens we, at Caritas stays in Caritas. Yeah. Mm. So we flew out to California and like still really didn't know each other that well. Like I remember we like the four of us were driving. I think maybe Daniel was in our car with us. No, or yeah. Was no, you guys were in the privileged car. Were you were in our car? No, 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 no. So it was Daniel. No, cause, was yeah, Daniel? because it was uh, Jerry was with you guys. I thought. Maybe I thought maybe it was you. I'm pretty, sure no, I'm pretty sure. With you guys? Yeah. No, because we're, we're talking about movies yeah. and all the Radmar, and all the movies that Radmar's been in. Daniel. I don't That's know. Whatever. He was in the Phantom. Yeah. So no, I had known that he was. Oh, in did the you Phantom. know that? Yeah, because yeah. I had seen the Phantom. But we drove up and we were just kind of BSing, and it's like, okay, we're kind of getting to know everybody, and then we stop and we like drop all of our gear off, and then we go to the beach, which was down super to, cool. We watched some dudes surf. Yeah, we watched some dudes surf, and then I was on the hunt for ice cream. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was, I remember I got my ice cream. It was super, super awesome. Super stoked about that. But I remember like we're we're doing room situations, and it's like I I had known Alberto, I knew Daniel, I roomed with Daniel when we went to California the first time, like the three of us. So I was like, oh yeah. okay, cool. Like you know, nothing against Dylan, but didn't know the dude. So I was like, oh, I'm hoping I'll get Alberto or Daniel, like whatever, yeah. be chill. I get this dude, Dylan. I'm like, all right, whatever. He's like, he can hear you. <laughs> yeah, know, right? <laughs> he's right here. And like the first night, like you're not supposed to be on your phone, but I'm on my phone the whole time. And Which is why you gave it up for Lent. That's why I gave it up for Lent. And I was, uh, as the young kids, I was macking on this yeah. chick and I was trying to get her to talk to me. And so I was just sending her Snapchat to like the most random thing. Yeah. Your foot, I do yeah. believe. Like yeah. my foot, like this chair, this table. All, all I see is just this flash on the wall, an outline of a foot. And I'm like, did you just take a picture of your foot? I'm like, yeah, when she doesn't want to talk, I just send random pictures of stuff. And it usually gets a conversation going. And you're just like, what the hell? You're like, oh, I'm going to bed now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like that set the tone for like what was going to go down. And then I remember the other thing that was really cool was like, uh, I, I, I'm still, you know, really into running. Uh, but you, you were really into running. So we got to go running a couple times. I remember we like kind of. Got to leave the grounds and go explore. Yeah, that was a good run. I ditched my small group for you. That's, thank you. Thank you. That's where you guys ended up finding that sports bar that we snuck off to. No, <laughs> we didn't find no, that. Didn't oh, no, 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 because no, it was closed. Mm-hmm. We ended up going to a, that pool hall. That margarita place mm-hmm. I, we had seen by the... I was like, hey, I saw a place that has margaritas. Mm-hmm. But that was another great part of the retreat. This is just all these great things of a retreat. We yeah. sneak out 
and uh, with E-Man and uh, Monty and those dudes, and we, uh, you know, the last night we snuck out to go get uh, drinks. Play some pool. <laughs> and play some pool. That was yeah. fun. And, uh, but but just, for, just for everyone's knowledge, it wasn't like we were in the middle of this heartfelt retreat, and then we sneak off to go get drinks. Yes. It was the night it was that, free time. Ev- yeah, it, it was, was free time. time. It was the night that Someone everyone was having a, a good car. time. It was like this was the night for those of you guys who have listened to um, our our, Bur- our uh, Made for More radio show. I've talked about this numerous times, where um, so there's this like common area that everyone's gathered in to go and uh, talk. Yes, I know what you're talking. And about. And we're doing we're doing some of us are doing confession. Well, I'm doing confession with Father Tree. I am in the room right next door to this, and I'm giving this like heartfelt confession. And then I hear this guy over here, and he's sitting there playing the guitar. I forget like what song you're playing, but he is he's killing it. Some ridiculous nineties. Yeah, and I'm sitting there, I'm like third eye blind. Yeah, probably. No, no, it was it was good, but I was just like. Is that Mike? That's me. That's Mike. <laughs> and this is really good. And this whole time, like, Father Tree is, like, telling me, like, my penance. And I'm just like, yeah, of course. And then I got <laughs> out, like, said my prayers, did my reflection, walked right in. And, you know, he's just still jamming out. He had everyone singing. Dude, it was awesome. So. Did you ever share what you did for your penance? Yes. Well, I've told it a couple times. And I guess it was the best because Dylan Were was there. Were you freaked out? Right? <laughs> yeah. And, and it was, like, two minutes in there. I was like, we're good. And just bailed. I was like, two minutes in the dark is basically an hour. We were at a mission, so, a, a Franciscan mission, mission. Yeah. haunted mission. So my question for you, Dylan. So we've, it, what's really crazy is I've known Alberto like coming up almost on a year. Yeah. Like, what yeah. October? So like yeah, we're yeah. out by like four months. I've known you since January, so we're like it's six, six or seven months or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it feels like I've known you guys for ever. You know, it's I'll like one of those it things. Forever. Yeah, I'm just. It's just like one of those things. Like I feel like I've known you guys for a really long time and it's really cool because I have I have my um we we left the retreat and it was like okay everyone was like oh we're gonna we're gonna stick together kind of like you know like oh friendship whatever yeah and it's cool because like we'll always go grab a beer or dinner or whatever and we always we all stay in touch pretty much and it's just cool because I have my friends that you know really aren't plugged into the church and I have you guys that our conversations are about as you know crazy as this is we were talking about like abortion we were talking about like you know we made sure before like right before we ate it was like oh hey like let's make sure to pray and it's it's so cool that that's a yeah and it's like uh catholicism is like uh, an aspect of every piece of your life but it's not the only thing in your life even when we talk about social justice i mean it's something where we yeah (laughs) yes (laughs) It, it's it's cool. It's it's refreshing to be like, oh, okay, this is like you know, you can casually do that stuff. So, how long have you have you always been Catholic? Yeah, so I'm cradle Catholic. Um, my mom was cradle Catholic. Uh, my dad converted um, when my parents got married. Oh, sweet. Um, and I just remember growing up. You know, I was always maybe the more distracting kid in religious <laughs> education. Uh, One of those. Yes, I had to call and apologize. Because Mike oh, and I were not that I was going to say, that, that was me too. I had to call a lot. Yeah. I'm very sorry, Mrs. Anderson. Or write a letter. For yeah. disrupting the class today. Okay. Uh, my so. mom made me do that a lot. It was probably a good thing. Um, but yeah, my brother and I, I have one brother, and, and we grew up, um, you know, going to church every Sunday. That's what we did, you know. And my mom sung in, in church, like, for 10 plus years. 
And my dad always made us go. It was like every Sunday. He was like, nope, we're going to church. We sit in the front row and we support oh, your mother. Cool. Mm-hmm. He sat in the front row of church for, I mean, to be honest, I grew up in a very small town. Okay. So like church was like, you know, 30, 40 people. Oh, okay. But we still sat in the front row. Okay. Let people uh, know what's up. Uh, <laughs> to support mom. And uh, that was really important to me. And, uh, and then uh, my dad was always the one who was like, we're going to church, we're going to church, we're going to church, you got to support your mother. And then when I was thinking I was about like 15, right around the time we got our driver's license, I got my driver's license uh, at 15. Um, in Idaho, you can get your driver's license at 15. And um, my uh, dad was just like, okay. He's like, now you can choose what you want to do, right? He, oh. And it was like, you got your driver's license, you know, you're 15, 16. And he's like, you and your brother have your freedom. He's like, you can choose whether you want to do. And I think there was like a few weeks where I'm like, oh, I can choose. I'm not going to church. And uh, very, like, shortly after that, I was like, nah, it's what we do. Like, we go to church as a family. So, nice. you know, went back to church and... Uh, Reverse psychology. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, grew up just doing, like, uh, religious education with, like, my cousins and these people that I knew. Like, I went K through 12 um, with, like, 12 people. Whoa. Went to a really tiny high school. And uh, I think four or five of them were all Catholic. And we, so we did all, we, like, we grew up together. We did sports together. Knew each other from kindergarten. And uh, uh, went through all the religious education classes. I had cousins that were close and went through religious education classes with them. And so very tight-knit community and everyone knew everybody. And um, it was a really good way to kind of grow up and uh, really form, I guess, a Catholic faith. Yeah, I know. I Dude, I had the same thing of like where my mom was my religious. We had CCE, you know, okay, whatever. CCE or yeah. CCD? We had CCE, education. Uh. I, to this day, have no clue what either of them stand for. I, I just know it's like, oh, we have to go to CCD. God bless him. He's dead now. Uh, Brian Johnson made me take this ridiculous, like, basic certification of youth ministry class, you know? So, to be a youth minister, he's like, you need to do this. And I was like, okay. And Joey, maybe you can tell me what they mean, because I honestly don't remember. But, because Joey and I always got in trouble. Uh, but they went through the whole history of, like, how CCE or whatever it was, CCD, and then it started as, like, a sports thing to get kids off the streets, and then, like, they went, like, through this whole history thing, and I totally forgot. But it was CCE for us. And my mom was a, the teacher, and she, you know, I wasn't writing letters to random people. I was having to write letters to my mom to apologize for being too disruptive. <laughs> but it was the same thing. There were about 20 of us that, like, she kept our class together all from, like, third grade all the way to confirmation like she kept our class together and it was really cool like you would have kids who were like oh i want to be in miss like joanna's class like oh, i want to be in miss joe's class i want to be in miss joe's class and it was like we were this like elite group because we were the it was cool it was i was very blessed to like grow up with that and grow up with the same dudes and same chicks and like we i still talk to a lot of them you know every now and then and and say what's up or whatever and we're still you know checking on each other but that community aspect is so important. It was what was the parish life in a small parish like that of like thirty or forty people on at a mass? I mean, I don't think it was too much different than some of the bigger parishes, but it was very uh, tight knit in terms of everybody knew everybody, and you know you went to church every Sunday, but you also saw those people like outside of church, right? Because some of them were teachers, oh, or wow. some, they were like your friends' parents, oh, right? Okay. And so you'd see them a lot. And then every month we'd have like you know after mass you'd have like a like a social where everyone would cook like a potluck breakfast, um, and I just like like I said you know the same I don't know six kids I grew up with like same thing like you had a tight knit group of like twenty that your mom put together it was like no there was just six of us 
like that was it and we just you know grew up together and so um it was those same people that i saw at school every day and then we all rode the bus down to like ccd at the church right and then we saw each other on sundays we played sports together and so it was like very very tight-knit um and suffice to say like by the time i was graduating high school like some of those people i was like um i'm ready to like get away from you like i've known you since forever and um you know your dad's a cop and has caught me a few times and stuff like that so it was like very very, just getting awkward at this point it was very very small town and uh um i really appreciated it because you know there was there was not a lot of trouble to get into you know our version of trouble was like jumping off bridges right Mm. into the river no one's like you know just making a crack pipe in the no, corner. No, there's no <laughs> drugs. You know, there there was a very little like you know getting in trouble with the law. Like it was all like good wholesome kids uh, growing up, and it was a, a really great environment to to grow up in. And, and our school was like the high school was like a hundred kids. I think it was oh, actually wow. ninety kids, and it was all really good teachers. And so it was almost like a private school in some ways. You know, you got small class sizes, you could get a lot of attention, and you didn't really get away with anything. Like in the high school, there were five teachers yeah and so you you had classes with these teachers every single day every teacher knew every student um the all the teachers knew all the parents so it was like parent teacher conferences were like hey we just talked about this like two days ago and we just saw you at church like on sunday so we don't really have anything to talk about dylan's a great student and uh jake's good too but he could probably read a little more jake's my brother Ah. (laughs) just throwing those lucky digs (laughs) So it was it was really cool to grow up in that tight knit environment and and honestly it was um, I think it was a, a little bit of a shocker when I actually came to Boise State and was like going to some of these bigger churches like I'd been in bigger churches before but it it didn't have that same feel to it like it wasn't like you showed up and it was like hey who are you like you're new right there was a lot of churches in the in the in Boise that I went to and nobody talked to me for like months and I would go to those churches for months and months and months and I'd be like nobody's talking to me like nobody's really welcoming me or like like trying to figure out who I am because there's so many people who are coming to church whereas before like when I came into this tight-knit community it was like if someone new showed up it was like there's someone new we have to know who they are it was like hey how are you what's going on yeah like here's my business card let's go play golf like all that and some of it was a summer community too so like you'd have people who come in like snowbirds who'd come in and like they live on the lake and all those summer parishioners we need too so it's cool in the summer yeah it was what she says. <laughs> well, all right. Yeah. Um, so they'd come in in the summer and we'd be like, oh, we'll check the tape. Yeah. <laughs> if only we could do live replays. Yeah. Um, so it's cool. These summer parishioners would come in and be like, oh, hey, it's Carl and Mary Hill, and we know who they are, and they're back for the summer, and you check in with them, and, and uh, um, it was fun because you kind of knew everybody. And so becoming like part of a parish in Boise was a little bit different. A little bit of a, I guess you could call it a culture shock in some ways. See, that's funny because like my high school, uh, it was a Catholic high school. And so um, the the teachers or the, the priests that we had teaching at the high school were also the priests of the parish that we went to. So when my parents would talk to the priest, and so it'd be like Father Withers, uh, who was an English priest who taught, ironically, U.S. history, um, Damn right. Who had a who had a different uh, opinion on how the whole like Revolutionary War turned out? Well, the only opinion matters would be histories, and we won. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, but like they would say, they're like, "Oh, how's Alberta doing?" He's like, "Well, he would talk a little bit much," and my dad would just be like, "Oh, well, if he does that, just hit him." <laughs> so, so I would be sitting there. Father Withers would do this thing where he'd be talking, 
and he'd be kind of pacing up and down, you know, like in between chairs. And if I even looked the wrong way, I would get this smack in the back of the head. And I'm like, Father, you can't, da, 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 da. your father said I could. And I was like, Dad, <laughs> Right, like in that, I, you know what? I never got hit in school. I think I had a teacher like slap me once, like my band director, she like kind of like did that, but like pretty hard. I just got up and walked home. I was like, yeah, I ain't got time for this. Like, you know, I was never, I wasn't a bad kid either. I just like to not listen um, and not do what would I like what I was told. So, and I was I was class clown. I won that award. I have a trophy at home. You know, I was no very, big deal. You want a trophy? I want a trophy. I'm the, I'm I feel the, like that's usually like a like a demerit or something. Like here's a black. No, dot. they like did this whole thing on like the yearbook. They did like a story on me and like I have like a little thin, like page in my yearbook and like got the trophy. And I was so like you know like yeah some class clown because that was my my goal. I always <laughs> I always wanted. I just love making people laugh. I love mm. people having a good time, and that was my goal in high school. It was not to get good grades. It was not to succeed in life. It was. That kid looks like he needs to have a good laugh. We've definitely had a lot of laughs. Yes. Yes. Uh, well, but see, that's the thing. I mean, you know, we're sitting here, we're enjoying ourselves. You guys would just call up randomly and be like, uh, someone would send out a text. Hey, do you guys want to go to pay it? Yeah. Go catch yeah. a beer, catch up. You know, we went to uh, Mulligan's. Mulligan's the other night and it was the same thing. You got back from being gone for almost a he month. He leaves us. I know, I know, just stranded. Like we're not important anymore. Yeah, but who's counting? Um, And plus, it was twenty-three days, not twenty-one. So he's he's sitting, but it was nice because we all came back. You know, we're all going through like our own things. Um, So it was nice just to kind of sit down, relax. uh, You know, have a beer, talk about what's going on, shoot some pool, and uh, you know, and that was the whole idea of the reasons why this podcast even came to fruition was the fact that, you know, people think they can look at someone and because they go to retreats or because they go to Bible studies or because they hang out with this group that they have it all figured out. And that's simply not the case. We just know we don't have it figured out. So we're constantly telling ourselves, you know, if we're going to hang out, I want to hang out with this quality of men, you know, like I want to hang out with men that I can sit there, have a good time. What what are we doing? Are we... I was just Snapchatting. Oh, okay. Like, is this Snapchat? Yeah. yeah. Snapchat. But we can have quality. I'm sorry. I didn't mean no, 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 no. I mean, but that's just it. Is that like, you know, we can have these quality moments where it's just like yeah. we're having a good time, you know, and it's, uh, you know, choosing, choosing a, a pious life is not what most people think, you know, just sitting there knowing, you know, you're just, you're just trying to be called to be better, but you know, mm-hmm. no, that's a big thing for me. Um, you know, uh, I've, really enjoyed uh coming out of the retreat and just like the people that i met on the retreat and kind of the, the young adult community that's these two just saying um, he's like gosh my, some classifies as game changers just leave me alone that's uh yeah just coming out of the retreat and and meeting all the people like radmar's taken i think 40 people now wow on caritas retreats and so meeting all of those people and just kind of getting more involved oh yeah, the my caritas gosh. reunion wait though can i talk about this for a second i don't see why not so the Caritas reunion. You're not even gonna ask like what this is before you give them the green light. The Caritas reunion. Was was oh gosh the Caritas reunion. Your we, entrance. Yes. <laughs> so Dylan and I had gone on like this nine mile, eight and a half mm-hmm. mile hike. Nine miles. And then we were going to a what I was told Caritas pool party. Okay. 
Caritas reunion pool party, okay? Slash pool party. <laughs> so I was super tired, stopped at the store, got a six pack of beer. If you can see my <laughs> shoe that I'm wearing, it is a bottle opener. So I'm always prepared to open a beer. So we walk in and uh, I meet like Kevin, I think his name is, the mm-hmm. dude. He's like walking. I was like, what's up, brother? Want a beer? And like I'm popping a top like as we're walking in. And we like come to the house, and he's like, are you sure this is the house? I was like, I'm not, but I did this once, and that's how I met Matthew McConaughey. Let's keep going. <laughs> and, like, so we walk in, and like within, like, I choke this beer, and so I find a trash can. I'm, second beer's open. With your shoe. With my shoe. And we're walking down the stairs, and Kevin has, like, abandoned me at this point. He, like, stayed in the house or something. And I'm walking down, and I'm just, good, 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 like, check. Because I was like, pool party, we're going to have a good time, we're going to have a quick little party. Good, 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 And then, like, I walk down, and Radmar and I just make eye contact. And you and I made eye It's, like, one of these things, like, I I don't think I mean, I think I did one of these. I was like, yeah, you were just, like, embarrassed. But I, like, make eye contact with Radmar, and he just goes, like, hey, Mike. And I just let out the biggest burp. I'm just like, what's up? And then I do the, what's up? Again, that was a pool party. Some girl is sharing her like life update with everyone of where she's at since Scarry Dots. It's like, you know, uh, you know, I've just been really struggling, but I feel, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm my to you. goodness. Like, I was just like, find a seat and sit down and shut up. And they're like, Mike, how's life? I was like, good, real good. Next. Like, don't talk to me. Just, with, just keep with going. the beer. You're like, good. Just, yeah. Like, so, so to give you guys some backstory to Caritas is the fact that like there's a thing called sizzle. And it's like when someone gives their um, their testimony or something, we don't we don't clap because you know sometimes when you're sitting there talking and you get this, it just kind of breaks the mood, you know? So we do a sizzle where we go like go like this. It's like the poetic finger slap. It's like a know? golf clap, but it yeah. just yeah. So that's the thing, is that is we're in this moment clap? where people are talking and we're sizzling. And then here comes Mike, just like, all right, man, here we're having a good time. Okay. And as soon as it ended, we were like, you know, beer pong and like party and pool party. Which we won, by the way. Yeah, like we, the Burning Boy, uh, Burning Broken Boys were holding it down. But it was Killed just, it. it was a good time. I just was very, it was very awkward that that's my entrance that I made. Made everyone real proud from my Caritas group. Uh, but I get along with everyone really great. Yeah. So coming back from Caritas, um, how has life change for I guess the three of us you can start Dylan popcorn Dylan popcorn Dylan put me on the spot put you on the spot dude I think that um I think that in a lot of ways Caritas just accelerated my faith journey oh um so I think you know to give a little bit of backstory um you know I came down to Boise State and my, Broncos. my faith is really important to me. It was something that I did. It was something like who I was, who I grew up with. But I don't think I'd made like a, that conscious choice of like, this is what I want for my life. Ooh. It was more along the lines of, <laughs> it was more along the lines of like, I, while I was in school, I was like, okay, I went to church every Sunday, but I was at Boise State to get a degree, mm. right? And, and I had these very concrete goals and, and I went to church every Sunday, you know? And uh, once I got out, it was still like I went to church every Sunday, but um, I still hadn't made that full-on commitment. And excuse me, your excuse. That unnamed, unmarked beer is yeah. uh, <laughs> doing yeah. Doing Who brewed that, by the way? Uh, uh, Adam from my men's group brewed it. It's actually really good. Um, and so I think 
uh, for the first two years after I got out of college, like I was just going to church every Sunday, but I wasn't engaged. I wasn't really doing anything um, outside of just showing up for mass. Um, and then maybe a little over a year ago, I really started to like, uh, I'm not going to say come back to the faith because I never left, but I started to get more engaged. I started to um, actually sit down and start to educate myself a little bit more and uh, get back involved and eventually got asked to go on the retreat. And um, I think that that just really gave me, and it's a pretty long retreat. It's like three and a half days. It's, yeah. You know, three and a half, it's, four days. I mean, we were gone for four plus days, but it was um, three and a half days of retreat, but we had to travel down and it was a true retreat. Oh yeah. Because we were outside of anything that we knew. I don't know that any of us had really ever been to the place that we were at in Oceanside. Oh, Alberto had. Maybe a few others, but like I'd never been down there. You know, we had a group of people who literally, other than Radmar, had all met two, three days before um, in some ways. And so it was a true retreat away from everything. It's also like in January when we were having all that snow. It was horrible. We were always cold. cold. You were like, just so everyone knows, it's uh, five degrees. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a balmy 68, 72. We're all wearing like shorts and t shirts. They're all wearing like parkas. Yeah, that's hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, we were sitting there like outside in shorts and t-shirts. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. And like all the girls come out and they're like in parka. But it's 68. And, and it's like, like so yeah, cold. it's 68. Like, You're lucky like, I'm still wearing shorts. I'm like 68, like 50 and I'd be in shorts yeah. still. And uh, that was, that. I mean, that's always just kind of funny when you go to like California or like it was, Texas It was too, like right? a, yeah, it yeah. was just a really good retreat now that you're saying yeah. that. Yeah, right? and so just getting away from everything and just having those four days because I'm not someone who like really sits still. Like I work a lot. Um, I own a house that it was a foreclosure and yeah. That, which which will be on the market soon. Like... Just saying, just saying. <laughs> that uh, that I've, been, I've been working on for three years and I travel a lot. And so I don't really sit still. And so I think in the third day on the retreat, I was really like getting fidgety. I was like, I haven't like built anything or done anything in days. I've just been like sitting and praying and, and I have been accomplishing things from a faith standpoint. But that third day, I remember I was really fidgety. Um, and then the fourth day, I really like got through all of that, and it was really actually a, a very good experience. But coming out of it, it was just like an accelerant where I've just been thrown into all these different people who are you know trying to get me involved and and meeting with people like you guys and and really getting involved and meeting certain people and spending my time um, much more being engaged in the faith. And so I think Caritas uh, accelerated that and also put me in the company of people who um, could either help or inspire me to have a, a, a greater relationship with God. That's awesome, man. Amen. I know, uh, I know for me that retreat was, uh, well, without, they, without telling, you know, give you, cause we can't give away the retreat cause we have our Boise people. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, gotta, no, gotta but, but the one thing, um, even before we started kind of going down this trip, um, Mike and I talked about this retreat because, um, you know, we've put on retreats. We've been on the, the side of retreats where you're helping put things on. And so I know for me personally, sometimes it's tough going on a retreat without, I don't want to say being critical, but, but you're just aware to what's going on on the other side, you know? Um, and sometimes you're just like, um, you know, you're just focused on what, what's going on versus being a participant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like the fact that I was able to kind of let go and just go along for the ride. Um, and it was cool because I ended up meeting a guy there, Dennis Paget, 
who, oh, yeah. uh, that was weird. who I, I, I went to Boy Scouts with this guy. In Ca- so I'm originally from California. We are doing this retreat in California. Um, Kelly, Kelly, whoa. Yeah. So all three of us are in the, um, in like the, the hallway. So it's kind of like dorm style. Yeah. And all of a sudden this guy walks past us and he's like, the restroom's this way. And we're like, yeah, into the hallway. And I look back, I'm like, man, he looks like a guy I, I once knew. We're doing this name game where you say first letter, you know, an adjective that describes you, first letter. So <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing this name game. Anyways, and it goes around to, uh, to this guy. And I'm like, all right, man, what's your name? And he's like, Dennis. And I'm like, Dennis? Yeah. Oh, yeah I, was like, I was like, Dennis Padgett? And he's like, yeah. Like Who six, wants to like know? Six, yeah. Well, everyone stops. So Alberto and Dennis can yeah, I didn't even kill my father. <laughs> We're right in the middle of this game, and and I okay, mind you, at this time I had a full on beard, I had long hair, which I never had in California. Always shaved, always short, short hair, and so I'm this like, homeless man has stolen Alberto's identity. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Alberto had a meal, Troop seventy six, and he's like, what? We just get up from either ends of this big circle, come up, give each other hugs, and everyone's just kind of like. What's going on here? And then, you know, we sat down and they're like, you guys knew each other? And it was like, yeah. And I was like, dude, we went to Boy Scouts together. Like some of my most golden years of having a good time were in Boy Scouts, those early years of Boy Scouts. And he was a part of it. And it was so nice because it was like, um, you know, he knew my father and, uh, you know, it was just, it was just nice to kind of like reminisce on like some stories going back in the day. Um, dude, and I, at the end of the retreat, man, I felt like I got so much out of it because I was able just to like let go. Um, I don't know how how are you, Mike? Like, so I was going on that retreat, and I had not been on retreat for myself in probably what I'm 25, probably eight years. It's probably been eight years since I've been on retreat for Mikey, and so. It was weird. Uh, I was telling Juan, uh, my group leader, I, I told him a couple times, like, man, this just feels weird. I don't, you know, I feel like I need to be doing something, kind of like what you're saying. And he was like, you know, just have a good time. And it was cool. Once, like, you know, second day or whatever, you kind of just let down and you're like, okay, I'm going to participate in the retreat. That was really enjoyable to just be a part of the retreat and, and really just kind of like, you know, fully engaged was awesome. And then when I came back, it was like, okay, things are going good. Cause I, the, the past year has been like weird for me. You know, 25 has been a weird age. It's this age where it's like, okay, you've got to kind of grow up, you know, and you've kind of got to start making more and more adult decisions and doing adult things. And I'm just, I'm in this like limbo zone of like what I want to do, where I want to be. I'm blessed with an amazing job, blessed with amazing friends. But I always, I'm always going to the next step. Like when I was in high school, get the high school degree. When I was in college, it was get the college degree. Uh, now it's like, okay, I, when I got out of college, it was like, get the job. Now I have the job. Uh-huh. And it's like, what's next? No, I went through that same thing. So, and I struggled with it for a while. So when I graduated from college, in a span of about two months, I got the job that I wanted. I graduated with my degree and I bought a house. And so those are like huge milestones in my life that I've been working towards for like four years. So for four years throughout college, I was like, okay, this is what I'm working towards. My life was kind of like, like I enjoyed school, but my life was kind of a means to an end. It was mm-hmm. like, I'm shooting for these goals. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when I graduated, I hit all these goals and I just remember I was sitting in this house and I was like, I've made it, right? It was like, I, yeah. This is my <laughs> kingdom. Yeah. And I was like, I accomplished all the goals that I had and I was really happy for a few months and then 
maybe like five months in, I was really unhappy. Like I was lonely. I was super unhappy with my life. And I was like, wait a minute, I accomplished everything that I wanted to accomplish and I'm still unhappy. Um, and a lot of my friends, like the, the main group of friends that I spent time with in college had all moved. Like one of them went and studied abroad, two of them went to Phoenix, one of them went to med school. And so I was really in this like limbo state where I didn't have like a ton of friends that I was hanging out with like really closely um, and no Catholic friends. And I was really just like working a lot. I was working on my house, I was working at my job and I was traveling, and, but I was just like so unhappy. And uh, it was that weird feeling of like, what am I supposed to be working towards? Like I've accomplished all these goals and now all these other things, I'm like, I have my job, there's no goals there. Like I just work at my job and I do a good job, and I, but I don't know like, is this like, where is this gonna end? Like I don't get a degree at the end of this. I don't get a degree at the end of this. And with the house, I was like, oh, I'm going to work for four or five years and then, you know, I'll probably fix up this foreclosure and sell it. But like, that's so far off and yeah. it's very ambiguous and I, and, and getting there is going to be hard. And so I was like, I don't have any goals in my life to shoot for. I don't, society hasn't imposed these things or like my, my parents haven't said like, these are the things that like, these are the next things that you need to do. And so for like six months or so, I was just like super unhappy and like, it was a really challenging time in my life. So I know exactly how you but it's it, It's been weird because I, I love my job to death. Like, I love being a youth minister. Um, but when I was in... And, and being a youth minister in Boise is way different than being a youth minister in Houston. But when I was in Houston, I was going to school. I was in a band. I was doing... We were playing retreats two times a week. Or two times a month. We were on the road doing all this. I was working. I was going to school. My life was like, ba 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 ba. And now, like, when I first moved to Boise, I remember I was like, I didn't have a job. I purposely, like, had saved up a buttload of money, had a motorcycle, and just rode around on a motorcycle for, like, two months. And it was great. And it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, it was like, okay, that, like, summer vacation you never had, all of a sudden, like, was like, okay, um, it's over. What's next? And it's like, I got a job. And then it was like, okay, I wanted to be a cop. So I was, like, working towards being a cop. Now... That I have a, a career, you know, I like to think of youth ministry as a career. It's yeah, what I, mm -hmm. I want to do, a vocation. Um, like photography is my new thing that I'm like pushing so hard for. And it's not, it's not a bad thing to always be working towards something, but you have to have goals. You know, you mm -hmm. have to be working towards something, but you also have to be able to live in the moment. I was really, really lucky when I was 16 years old that I found a lump on my head. I was really, really lucky to have the scare where they tell you, we can't tell you it's not cancer. And I was really lucky to have the two weeks of testing where they're like, you know, I'm going to all these doctors and my parents are freaking out. I'm freaking out because in those two weeks, I, I tell everyone, like I, I specifically my youth minister at the time, I'm okay with whatever happens. I was so at peace. I was so with God because I was, it was like the reality of whatever the answer is going to be, it's going to be really heavy. Regardless if it's no, if it's yes, it's going to have some impact on my life. And I went the next like four years or whatever, three years, like, okay, like, it can end at any time, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just got to enjoy the moment. And then a good friend of mine, Sophie, when I, I had kind of uh, fallen back into this old way, Sophie found out she had leukemia. Like, I, I want to say it was leukemia. Um, like right before her wedding. She had to like postpone the wedding. And it was like such a bummer. And I remember being at work getting this phone call. We, I remember calling all these hospitals trying to find out where she was. I was with my, I was with like Phoebe and Weinstein, all these, uh, Stefan, and like pretending to be her like brother and trying to find out where she was, but it, it, it flicked that switch again. It was like, dude, this could end at any time. And then 
that was 21, I think. And then now I'm 25 and it's, it's, I've kind of been like that. And then waking up and I remember just sitting at my desk like a month ago, reading about how my buddy Brian had passed away and just being so bummed. I remember calling Joey right away. Or actually Joey texts me. He's like, call me. And I text Joey, call me. And so like, we both call each other and it's just like, what are you doing? I'm sitting in my office crying. Like, you know, and it was, Brian was a young dude. You know, he wouldn't, he was like 53, 54, something like that. It can, it can end so well. So to have the retreats and have all these experiences and have you guys and have all this, it's good to bring you back to like, I'm grounded in good stuff. And I notice these things in my life that are there to remind me that like, Hey man, enjoy what you have. You know, like this is such a blessing. Like the, you know, that we get to, to talk about our faith and our Catholicism, um, like going running. That's like such a blessing going to play pool. Like all those moments are, it's appreciating the little things. Yes. Um, I think, you know, for quite a while now, like in my daily prayer, I usually start off with a couple different things, but at one point I usually try to find five things that I'm grateful for each day. Okay. And I try Doing not that to Ignatius, uh, examination of yeah. conscience, yeah, whatever you want to call it. But, um, it's been, well, it's, the Ignatius. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's Trust really, us on this one. You're yeah. gonna say it's, it's really been helpful for me because, and I try not to like cop out and say like, oh, I'm really grateful for my parents, even though I didn't talk to my parents that day. Uh, it's like sit down and you say, no, what are those five things? He like, is grateful for you guys, yeah. just so you know. <laughs> but it's, it's like, not a cop out. It's what are those things that I'm grateful for that happened in that day, right? And you learn to appreciate the little things in your life, and then you also learn how to live in the present moment. Which is something I struggle with a lot right now. Yeah. I'm trying but to get better. I think that's part of, like, in some ways our society, right? We're so goal-oriented. When, you, when you're in high school, it's about getting a diploma. When you're in college, it's about getting a degree, right? When you get out, it's about, you know, getting married, having kids, finding your vocation, owning a home. Like, there's all of this future-oriented stuff. Like, this is what you're working towards. And I think that it's really easy to fall into that trap of, like, missing all the little things and enjoying that present moment. Right. And that's where I was, you know, when I, after I'd accomplished all those goals, I was like, my life isn't a means to these goals anymore. It was like, I don't know what I'm working towards and I don't know how to just like live and appreciate the little things and like appreciate every single day and live in that present moment. So I think that that's like what in some ways that lump on your head helped you with probably is like learning to say like, okay, I need to appreciate every day. And I also need to learn how to live for today, not losing my foresight on the future but also living in that present moment every day, every day. Really around. seeking out what to be grateful for, mm-hmm. you know? Like today, I sat around and built rockets with 30 middle school kids. Like, it sounds ridiculous, but I had 30 middle schoolers who were stoked to be at a church. Dude, I haven't done that rocket building in forever. <laughs> well, we didn't build like model rockets where it's like, you know, flip the switch, turn the key, you know? Yeah. We took pool noodles and I just gave them like random houses. And then you just like, threw them at each other? Because like, <laughs> that's not a rocket, that's a, that's a spear. <laughs> build the best rocket. And these kids built some crazy flipping rockets. Like one kid took the, like we all cut our pool noodle and made like three rockets. This kid like had one long one and put a balloon on the back and then he threw it and popped it thinking that would like accelerate it. And I was like, no. Dude, that is the, oh, I love that. That made me so happy. And then they were all upset that like a 25 year old outflew all of them. Cause I built like mine with wings, a tail and all that. And they were like, what the heck Mike? I was like, I'm taking this candy. Like yeah. I won. Fair I played for keeps. Yeah. <laughs> This candy was expensive, man. It was, it was. It came out of my budget, you know. Uh, it, you know, it is what it is. But I, I think living in 
in the daily, like finding those things, that's, that's going to help me. And that's what I'm trying to do more and more. But you know, that's the beautiful thing about our faith is the fact that nothing in what you read in the Bible, nothing in what we learn in our, you know, oh, in gosh, our church. I have a great thing to say. Go ahead. I just thought <laughs> something so great. Um, but it's like, nothing says that like, if you go to mass, if you do these prayers, if you receive Eucharist, nothing bad will happen to you. But it's saying that like, you'll have... You'll have something more to look forward to when something bad happens. Like you'll have a joy that you can always come back to. Because like even when Peter is writing, um, you know, when he's in prison, when he knows he's going to die, he's still talking about the joy of the gospel. Like he's still talking about the joy of the message of Christ. And mind you, he's in prison. He knows he's going to die. He knows he's going to die. And he's experiencing the stigmata. So he's experienced all the wounds of Christ. And, and, you know, he's getting all these letters of, like, what's going on with, like, this church of, like, day one. And, you know, the followers are getting crucified. There's all these different things. Mm-hmm. But then there's some Christians that are just dealing with, like, oh, our government won't let us practice. And he's like, what are you guys complaining about? He's like, I am going to die. I'm literally writing you from a prison that I can hear people being put to death. And I'm experiencing the wounds of Christ. And yet I have a smile on my face. I have joy in my heart, you know? And it's like, get over this small little, and and I don't want to say it's petty because there are two sides of us. There's the human side and there's the spiritual side. But realize that there is two sides of us. There is the human side where something could happen to you. There is something where it's like, boom, you know, your life could end. But if your life doesn't end, does that necessarily mean that your spirit is living on? Does that necessarily mean, you know, there's, you know, the saying of, you know, there's some people who have died, they just haven't been buried yet, you know? And that's the thing is that like when my father died, when he was alive, he was just my father. He was just someone that I talked to on the phone who would ask me questions. But after he passed away and I was going through life and like, you know, I'd come to you guys with questions and like, you know, what should I do? Um... Yeah, I still want to know what my father would say. And so now I'm forced to like pray and think about him here and what would he say and stuff. And it's like, it's in that belief that there is the afterlife, that there is my dad, you know, there is still him. It's like, that brings me so much joy. And I, t- I you know, I fully, like, I've never been more close to my father than I am now, you know? That's awesome that you say that because I had gone, I'd done this thing so whenever i would run into trouble or not trouble whenever i'd go on like retreats or anything like caritas all that i would always text brian like oh i went to this retreat and this out was like we would all i would always tell him about like wh- what retreat or what i was doing and i had just gotten back from leadership camp and with you and i text him you know it's there's snow where i'm at it's like i miss you and i miss Texas or whatever, you know, it's June, whatever. And then I found out he passed away that night. The next weekend I go on this retreat and there's some stuff that happened at the retreat that I wasn't too like kosher with. I wasn't, I wasn't the coolest. Right. And I was going through my phone and I'm looking at these messages of like, you know, I would usually text Brian. Like I'd usually be like, what do I do? You know, he's my, that was the guy I went to for advice on this. And I remember like Sunday I, I, I didn't go and I, I'm riding my motorcycle and I stop and I'm like, just pissed or whatever and then I, I end up just driving I end up like like bailing on whatever I was supposed to do and I'm like way past Idaho City and I start praying and it's like I end up having this conversation with Brian you know and it's like it was the weirdest thing but it was also like the coolest thing because it was like man I'm 
I'm like praying, and now I'm getting like this this answer. It was re- it was a really cool moment. But earlier you said the Bible, and you were talking about how we have this awesome book that we can go to or whatever. So you remember like Trent Horn at Apologetics was like the Bible's not an instruction manual. Oh yeah. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And so today at uh, oh, vi- Vacation Bible School, um, me and Paul Panus are like standing. And like by each other, and the leader was like, "We have this awesome instructional manual." And I just looked at Paul and was like, "Gordon Trent Horn." <laughs> and I was just like, "I was like, man, that's oh gosh." But you know what I saw? I want to ask you guys about this. I saw this video of this these priests dancing at like a college conference, and I was reading the comments from like all these crazy Catholic people that were like saying like, "You should like burn in hell. Like you're crazy. Like no priest should be dancing. Like you know." Have fun and like this isn't fit loose. Like this isn't the time for fit loose. Like relax, man. I just thought it was so like weird. I was like, man, these like Catholics are going man. after this priest for dancing. It was really weird. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I think that the priests that have always made the biggest impact on me are always the ones that are a little bit more real. If that makes yeah. sense. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like I, I've always, um, uh, I guess I don't know what the right word is. Maybe like revered or like respected priests at the highest level, right? Um, you know. Taking that as your vocation, I've always had the utmost respect for people who do that. But I've always enjoyed the priests that when they sit down with you, they're just kind of like real people, right? Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily always um, uh, so formal or right, like, oh, I'm not allowed to do this or I'm not allowed to do that, right? In that moment, they're they're like, no, I want to dance too, right? I just picture Dylan going into confession and he's like, forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. And he's like, wait, wait, before we get into this, can I see you do the robot really quick? (laughs) I need to find out like how deep I'm. <laughs> yeah, I need to find out if I'm actually going to give a good confession here or not. Uh, so I've always really enjoyed those priests who like you know they're they're very devout and they're very um, good uh, people and 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 they do a really really good job. But at the same time, maybe when you're one on one with them or when you see them in that social setting, like they're real people too, right? Mm-hmm. They still struggle in some ways the same way that we do. And even though we hold them in that very high esteem. Right, they still need that same type of friendship. They still want to have fun. They're still human, and so I've always appreciated those priests, and those are the ones that have always made the biggest impact on me. I once met a priest who had one leg, and he was like, oh, he was this like little Hispanic guy. He was part part of this like movement, like this rap movement that was happening, and it was just so bad. It was like so bad rapping, but he like it wasn't even cool. Like it wasn't like oh, you like got like a shark bit off your leg. Like he got like a UPS truck like backed into him or something like that. And, like just like to take his leg so he has one leg he's talking about his gang life that he was once in but now he's like a priest again I have so many Brian stories but I like text Brian because I'm in Houston I'm like <laughs> I feel like that story would be like I was a gang member and like is that how you lost it like no 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 that was just like, I, that's, 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 that was a UPS accident that's exactly what happened I was just like have you heard of this guy and he's like yes like no like order would take him and he just found these like rappers to, like travel around with and I was just like, oh my gosh. So if you're out there, you one-legged rapping priest, like, no hate against you, but your story's so weak, dude. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to hate on you, but you got to come up with something cooler, like a shark ate your leg, or like, or maybe quit the rap game, you know, like run freaking, you know, triathlons or something. Like, I was just, it was, yeah, I remember just being like, oh my gosh, this tool. God bless him for, t- you know, willing to do that. But I was like, this is bad. Because it was bad rap. It wasn't like... You know, dang, like, my like, boy walked up and, like, spit fire. Kind of it was like, ooh, this is bad. This is real bad. Like, yo, I'm from the streets. And it's really heat. And I was just like, what? Like, I, yeah. 
It was I like bad. smoked meats. Yeah, it was like, cool, you can rhyme, bro. Yeah. I remember being in the back. I was doing lights for it. I was just like, this is bad. He just was like, mm. yeah. You know, but it's it's funny that you say that because uh, there was a, a gentleman, a good friend of mine from Idaho Falls that that got on here, Jason Patalden. Jason, Jason. Um, he was uh, a well, he's not was he is a great man. He was going he is going through the diaconate program, um, but the one thing I loved about Jason the most was um, when I when I started helping out with youth ministry, and he came on board. Um, we're sitting there and. Uh, we're sitting in this group of people and we're introducing ourselves, you know, the, the catechists and it's a new group of people coming together and they're like, you know, say your name, say what you're, you know, where you're from and what you like to do and what's your, what's your favorite movie show? You know, what's your favorite TV show? So, uh, it's, it's all women except for myself and Jason and everyone's giving, you know, this, I actually opened our thing. Oh, I was checking. It was like, it was like this show and that home improvement show. It was all these like, you know, shows. And so I'm like, I, I tell myself and I'm like, I don't really watch TV. Um, you know, I kind of give one of those kind of answers. And uh, someone else says, like the person after me says like, yeah, I'm like all the other ladies. I like watching, you know, cooking shows. And I'm like, man, you know, I'm, thank God I didn't say that I like watching Walking Dead. <laughs> and, and I thought I was saying it kind of <laughs> under my breath. But, but I wasn't it. saying it under my breath. And everyone kind of looks at me and Jason just busts up laughing because he's just like, uh, my name's Jason. I like to do this. I also like watching Walking Dead. And I was like, yes. Thank um, you, sir. But it was so awesome because, um, you know, talking, you know, with he and I talking about my life, talking about what was going on in, um, in California and just where we've been. It was so beautiful because like he was like the essence of the beauty of what I thought about the church. And that was someone who met people where they were on their faith journey. He wasn't looking at someone to be, oh, well, you want to be a catechist, so you've got to be perfect. It was, oh, you want to be a catechist. You're striving to be better than where you're at. You're striving to always go forward. You're willing to invest in Yeah, people. and it was like he, he was that first, he was the first man um, besides my He father. was the first man besides Adam. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the way he put that is. Yeah. There was one. Um, there was only and then one. There was Adam. And then, but before Adam, Jason. Uh, but it was like uh, Jason was like the first man that I had in my group of men around me that I was slowly like, nope, this is the level of men I want around me. And that's why when I moved from Idaho Falls, you know, people are like, "What do you miss?" That was what I missed. I missed for the first time in my life. I started forming a group of men around me. And it just so happened that all of them were Catholic. But, you know, it was Rob, it was Ken, it was Jason. Um, Name you know, dropping like crazy. Yeah, we're going to do the same more. Let me just pull out the list. <laughs> well, I'm not saying last things, right? Last. But that was the thing. It was that it was just a, a good group of men that I, I finally had around me. Steve. Um, and that was another thing. Like, even, yeah, Steve Bright was like another guy who um, had a family, was involved in everything. And he showed me what it was like. To you know, juggle a business, juggle his his workload, and it was just the guy that, could juggle. Yeah, <laughs> but then it's like I moved here, and the first thing I was like, okay, I know I have my new career going on, but in addition to that, I need to start forming this. 
And so it was like, as soon as I met you at our first Dean Room meeting, we hit it off. It was like, okay, here's one. As soon as we met you during the Caritas and we started joking around and we hung out, Last boom, time. there was two. <laughs> you know, and it was just slow, slow and steady. I just started building up just the crew around me. And, but you know, th- that's where it's at. Yeah, I think it's really important about who you surround yourself with. And I think for me, it's been like two types of people. One is someone who's like much more educated than I am. Which is why he's around with us. Alberta's here. That's why I hang out in Alberta, Mike. No, I I know I'm dumb. (laughs) Um, It's 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 you know it's 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 priests. It's um, people who are you know janitors, tow truck drivers, plumbers. Uh, Those people make good money, man. I know they do. Yeah. So, um, being around people who are more educated and then they challenge you, right? Mm -hmm. And they challenge you and, and, you know, they teach you those things. But then the other one is people who inspire you, Mm. right? Um, I think that recently, uh, coming out of Caritas, I mean, there's a couple of people in particular that I could shout out, but I won't because I'm not Mike. Um, (laughs) No, that's Alberta. You guys are crazy, bro. And, uh, And those people who, you know, they might be at the same level that I am when it comes to certain things. They might be struggling in their faith. They might be struggling with their lives. But um, they inspire you, right? They're those people that you surround them and they want to be better, right? They want to achieve that next level. Um, and so they just, uh, you, you kind of yoke yourself with them, right? And you and, and they inspire you and you inspire them to reach that level. And, and uh, while you have that inspiration from them, you also have those people on the other side who like help you get to that level. And so I agree with you. For me, like surrounding myself over maybe the last year, with the right people who inspire me and then those people who can educate and help me get there. Those two types of people have allowed me to make huge strides over the last year. So I think it's really important of who you surround yourself with. Well, gentlemen, like, I mean, you guys can obviously see how we came to be. Um, I just want to let you guys know from the bottom of my heart, it's been a pleasure knowing you guys. Um, I'm not, I'm not talking like, 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 it's been great to know you, but this is the last night. Goodbye yeah. everyone. See ya. He just dropped drop yeah all right drop the link. no but the thing is that it's like you know it's an honor and and i don't think people say that enough you know no, I agree. um i think they just go under the assumptions like you're a good friend i'm always there for you you should expect that like how i feel but you know when was the last time you guys told your friends thank you when was the last time you told your parents thank you you guys Mom. did an awesome job and it's not just thank you it's, thank it's you. admiration right? yeah i think um that's one throw, of the throwing in the i love you one of the things that I've tried to do a lot over the last few months is, uh, is admiration of finding those things in people where you can admire them, not only thanking them, but also admiring them and saying like, this is something that you really do well. And I'd love to emulate that. And I admire you a lot for that. I think that goes a long ways, not only for that person. Cause they're like, Oh, like, you know, they're receiving that. Thanks. You know, in terms of, you know, you've helped me a lot, but I also admire those things about you. And then for you, it's like such a deep sense of humility, right? Pride is one of the seven deadly sins and, and counteracting that pride that I think all of us fall into at times is, is admiring other people for those things and just humbling yourself in front of them and saying like, in almost, for almost anyone, right, you're uh, probably going to be better than me at something. Oh yeah. Right? So having that admiration and that thanks for those people in your life and those people that are teaching you, super important. Awesome. Well, I look forward to the next time we hang out, gentlemen. Man, cheers. cheers to uh, good times. And to Caritas 50. Yeah, yeah, we'll post it. We'll post it in the comments. So look in the comments. We'll post it there. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Amen.
I'm running around the block I talk a lot, I walk the dock Until I find the best swimsuit Every now and then I gotta get a bit of treaty Give a little wink if you know what I mean, see Hey, look, slipping like a water slide Seeing better when I do it and I close my eyes This place is better than I ever a thought Never a thought, could never recently bought Free hotness, don't stop this Can't top this, let's drop this beat And hurry up and get on the pier Everyone is coming and I'm drumming severe Now get on top Alley best if you don't look down Now let it